Welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Wyatt McPherson, I produce this show, and on his second of three episodes, Don Cooper is joined by someone who really cares deeply for the employee experience and making their time extremely memorable, Dylan Schoonover. Dylan will be with us for one more episode after this one, discussing what making memorable and meaningful experiences for your teams really means how truly important it is, and how you can best get started with it. This is a key aspect to having a healthy and cohesive team, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode with Dylan. And as always, I truly do hope that you enjoy this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. So you have to you have to uh, build trust, obviously, with employees. And so when you do this, you know, you start adding different layers of, you know, comfortableness with people around you and, and around the other team members. And so for the, the, the next thing I did after that, I kind of took it up a level and I said, okay, if you do this and we hit these goals, uh, I'm going to pay for something out of my own pocket and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to fly you all somewhere. And of course, my favorite, one of my favorite things about this is I don't tell them what we're doing until like the instant they're doing it, because I just think I love the concept of surprise and I have some employees that love it. I have others that like will badger me for the next, you know, month or whatever, being like, what is it? Will you please tell me, does it have to do with this? Does it have to do with that? And I'm like, I'm not telling you. So they know that I can keep a secret. That's for sure. Um, So I, I, I flew them all to Colorado where I live when they hit this goal. And the cool thing was uh, anybody who, who has not seen the Rocky Mountains uh, or has seen them and remembers that first memory of when you see the Rockies, because uh, there's just, it's just a different feeling than other places in, the, in Canada or the country. You know, if you see the Rockies, whether you're up in Banff or you're, you know, in Colorado, Rocky Mountains are just a magnificent thing to behold. And so I brought them out, they flew in, we caravaned into the mountains at dark, I rented a four and a half million dollar mansion that slept 17 and it had a full movie theater and a ping pong pool table, multiple kitchens right on the side of this huge mountain. And then when they woke up the next morning, it was just unbelievable to see their faces. I specifically got up before them because I obviously knew what was coming, but they did not, you know, the ones that had never seen the mountain, they're looking out at the sunrise and the mountains and just like, just blown away by where they are. I have on video, one woman said, I don't think I'll ever stay in a place this nice again in my life. And like, just that little statement was like, it's already worth it. Like whatever this costs, it's already worth it. And so we spent the weekend and we went into Vail, Colorado and had a great time. And then we went and hiked the 14er. And for those that are listening that say, what the heck is a 14er? That's a 14,000 foot mountain. And we climbed Mount Massive. And we refer to people who aren't living at altitude as flatlanders. And so the people from the East were flatlanders and they were huffing some tough air going up the mountain but they had a wonderful time. In fact, one guy, um, I'll go off on a little diatribe here. Uh, he, he is a strong Christian. And so he listened to lots of Christian music and a lot of Christian music references the mountain and talking about being at the mountaintop. And there's just different biblical references of that. And whether you believe in God or not, that's fine. But for him, he came and he was climbing the mountain and he said, for the first time ever, I understand what these songs are talking about and what the Bible here. And so for me, you know, we have lots of people who believe, lots of people who don't in my company, but just seeing the impact on his life, he was literally crying tears as he understood that. And, and the thing that we miss sometimes is that people are going through a lot of trauma in life sometimes and you never know it. And he came to told me later that his family was going through a horrific ordeal. And so for him to be able to look up at the mountains, understand the presence of what he was feeling in that moment. Like that's priceless. And that, that was just unbelievable for me. When you, you just, you said something there that instantly resonated with me. Now I live, um, 
I live in Edmonton or just outside of Edmonton, Alberta. It's about two hours west uh, to get to the mountains for me. And so we go to the mountains all the time. Every time we have anyone come visit us, my wife is British. When we have friends come over from Europe, uh, I have a lot of friends and family in, in Eastern Canada, the flatlanders, as you put them. Um, and, you know, it's a tradition whenever we have any of those people come, we always make sure we have a long weekend early in, as part of that trip for them, where we jump in, in, uh, in, the, in our vehicle and we go to the mountains for two or three days and we kind of go through, we take the loop and go all of Jasper, all of Banff and see about 10 different scenes. But I remember, and so every time we do that, they, the first time they see the mountains is always this sort of jaw-dropping awe experience. And the first time I did it, I, I used to be the, one of those Eastern flatlanders who never knew or had experienced the mountains. And it was when I was doing that parachute training I was telling you about earlier, the, after we had gone through all of the airborne training, the reward we got uh, after we passed uh, and were certified to jump was they put us on a military bus and they brought us to Banff and we drove and we had a two day weekend in, in the mountains before we went back um, and started doing our jumps. And I remember uh, we arrived in Banff and it was pitch black. We got there like uh, 11 o'clock at night or 12 o'clock, uh, you know, midnight, it was late, it was dark. And we checked, you know, we, we were in a military barracks that was located there. We got up the next morning and we walk outside. And the first time I saw the mountains, I was surrounded by them. And it was, uh, and, I'll, and I can still picture that moment. And, and, it, and it still gives me a feeling in my chest of awe. Uh, and so anyone who, anyone who has that experience for the first time, it's an incredible thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that sounds really cool what you were going through there. So, you know, they, they stay, you fly them to Colorado, you take them to a, you know, an awesome uh, 17 person pad to hang out in. What, what do people feel? What are people thinking? What, what kinds of things are happening as a result of that? Right. So you create kind of high expectations after you throw them out of a plane, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> Or, or, you know, if we go back, I'll, I'll just say a quick aside. If we, when I, when I worked with famous musicians, um, I would do things where I would have friends or family, uh, they would come with me to the interviews, but uh, go back, same thing with the surprise. I wouldn't tell them that. I'd be like, hey, let's go out to dinner tonight. And I wouldn't tell them that we were going to interview like Ellie Golding or we were going to interview Eric Church or something. And I knew they were a big fan of that artist. And so like, They'd be like, uh, where are we going? Like, I thought we were going to eat. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. And then we pull up at, like, this big concert venue. And they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Just come back here. Like, I would show, like, a credential. And then they'd take me backstage. And like, why are we going backstage? Like, what is going on? And the next thing they know, they'd see, like, chairs. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh. Like, why are these cameras here? And I would sit down. And then the artist would come out and be like, hi, Dylan. Like, so da, da, da. And then we'd start doing it. And they, their face would just be like, what? Like, why? I'm, I'm, I'm in front of this musician that I love. So, I love I love surprising people and it's just a it's just a theme that's gone on throughout my life. But back to you know what are they feeling when they're in that mansion or after that? You know, they just they are just so uh, there, a lot of things develop. So one of them is loyalty. Um, you know they 
we talk about retention of employees and how turnover is expensive and finding good people is difficult. Well, if you find good people, in my opinion, you want to treat them world class. You want to give them an experience that they're not going to get somewhere else. And so when we do these things, they feel so appreciated because it's like a giant party for them with people they, they love to be around and they work with them already. So they know them well, but now they know them at a different level and, and they're not going to leave after you create experiences like this. In fact, they're going to be on edge in excitement for the next one. The anticipation is so strong. So, you know, when you talk about what is it like afterwards, it's just the morale is at an all time high. Like when we when we interview new new employees that are, we're considering for positions, they they listen to me talk and they like they don't they, if they is this a dream like that can't be real life like you don't really operate like that. And I'm like, no, like go to our SWD page and look like we have a page called swdgroup.com slash careers and I'm not pushing us. I'm just saying like, you can literally go there after this and you can look at the stories that I'm talking about today. So like the new hires, are, they're just like, how is this real? Like, this is not what companies do. And so it, it's really exciting because it's so much fun uh, for both the people working here and then the people considering, you know, coming on with us. You know, I, I, uh, I was flipping through your website on Tuesday, uh, sorry, on Monday afternoon. And I instantly could feel that vibe and one thing that caught my eye was on your staff page you have one member of staff who is not human <laughs> <laughs> so you know so tell me about that because i was like that's so cool what they did there but tell everyone what you know who is your non-human member of staff yes. so you know it's very important to have a non-human team member because you never know what kind of uh uh insight they can give you so that is tony uh his formal name is anthony dickin uh tony dickin he is a german shepherd actually from germany he actually spent his first 18 months of his life training in germany before coming over to the states and so he is a, a 80 pound dog that is a regular in our headquarter office uh, you'll, any any given uh, time of the week you may see him there uh, we call him the director of security, which makes sense for a German shepherd, but you know, it's lighthearted, but it's also, it's, there's also some indicativeness of kind of who we are in that it's that, you know, we don't want to take ourselves so seriously. And I always talk about specifically in the financial services industry, it has a reputation of being stiff. Uh, you know, everybody's wearing suits, everybody's dotting, you know, every little period for numbers and money is so, you know, serious and people just come in nervous feeling because it's like, I've got 2 million bucks and, you know, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing and everybody's just so tight. So we say, hey, look, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Let's have a little fun. And so that is our non-human member, but it's very important that he is on the uh, team page. <laughs> That's, uh, I love that. You know, in, in our companies, um, we, we have an open policy that anyone can bring their dog to work. And so, uh, so I've, you know, I've, I've been in the office and I've had one of my dogs and there might be three or four other dogs and they're all hanging out and they're running around the office. And, um, and what's funny with my dog is as soon as we enter the building, you know, there's about five people he knows really well. And he just visits them all at their desk. Like 
he literally knows where their desks are and he goes and hangs out with them. Often I won't see him for the whole day. It's weird, but we're all dog people. Um, I don't think, I don't know that, I don't know that anyone brings their cat to work. Maybe they're afraid <laughs> to, I'm not sure, but um, uh, I, I just thought, you know, that one little thing I saw on your website going, yeah, they got a fun culture because they didn't, they don't just have Tony, but Tony is showcased on your website as a member of the team. And, and that, that little thing just spoke to me as soon as I saw it. And there you have it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Amplifier podcast. If you'd like to get in touch or learn more about Don Cooper or our guest Dylan Schoonover, then you can find both their links in the description of this episode. Make sure you leave a like and a five-star rating. It truly does help us out a lot. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening again, and we'll see you next time on the Amplifier Podcast.